Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, high-end tailoring and the best clothes. Dollar for dollar, pound for pound, I'm the best on the planet. Bespoke clothing is at, it is so sought after right now because it's cut absolutely perfectly for you. It's your second skin. It's your Spider-Man costume. It is a big process. It is a big vestment of time and effort and sometimes heartache, but we manage that heartache. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, subscribe, leave us a rating or a review. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. If you're a new listener, welcome to the show. If you're a longtime listener, thank you so much for all of your support. So our first guest might be the most famous tailor in the world. And what I think is so interesting is how these clothes are made, the style, and why custom clothing has suddenly become incredibly popular. This is bespoke tailor Roshan Milwani. When we talk about creating clothing, is it hard to create a suit or is it hard to do it well? So what is hard is crossing the road. You could get run over by a car, okay? Nothing else in life is hard. If you look at anything as hard, you might as well just, you know, go into your room and lock yourself up. But is it, is it difficult to make it by hand or to do it in a custom way? So, you know, I mean, it's my team. It's more difficult for them to communicate in English than it is to make a suit. Okay? So, no, they're experts. I mean, they have decades and decades and decades worth of experience. So I have a whole bunch of guys, a whole bunch of guys. We're talking about dozens who worked with my family for over 50 years. They have been a tailor longer than both you and I have been alive. Is that common in the industry where you find people that have just done this forever? It is extremely common when you talk about just the industry itself. But you have to remember that the industry is very small. So there's not millions of them. Okay. There's scores of them. There's not even hundreds of them any, anymore. Okay. It turned into scores this decade. Is that just because people aren't paying for this anymore? Or because kind of mass-produced, for lack of a better phrase, clothing is just more bodily fitting than it used to be? Completely neither. Nobody wants to grow up to be a tailor. Okay? That's all it is. And even if they look at all the people that follow me on Instagram and, and TikTok, all these young kids, they're dying to be me. Just dying. Okay? The adulation I get is just, wow, it's so flattering. It's so humbling. But they're not willing to get to that stage. I've been on the job 24 years straight, okay? But moreover, I grew up in this business. I've been coming to my shop since I was under 10, all right? Like I said, the guys who have worked for me, there's so many of them who have done it for over 50 years, then 40 years, then 30 years, then 20 years. Not everyone is willing to work up to that stage. That's the thing. But how long does it take to get really good at it? Decades. Why? Why is that? Why does it take so long? Because it's a hard job. It's done by hand. And people don't grow up anymore to do things by hand. So then they get to an age where they're 16, 15, 17, 18. They're like, wow, this is sexy. We want to do this. But they don't have labor and, ha and handwork in their f physicality or their mindset. You give them a needle and a thread. They don't know what the hell to do with it. And then it's hard. 
It's hard. Now, it doesn't matter if you're an 18-year-old growing up in medieval times and you're asked to become a tailor. Because since birth, all you've been doing is stuff with your hands. But if you're 18 years old now and you want to become a bespoke tailor and suddenly you have to do stuff with your hands, but since birth, all you've done is play with your iPad, it's very difficult. So it's not hard for me to do what I do, but it's very hard for people to break into this industry. And it's got nothing to do with off-the-rack clothing fitting better, far from it. It's garbage. Off-the-rack clothing costing less, no chance. My price competitive advantage is second to none based on what I have to offer. Dollar for dollar, pound for pound, I'm the best on the planet. And it's nothing to do with anything, all right? Bespoke, or that there's no demand for bespoke clothing. Bespoke clothing is, as, it is so sought after right now than it has ever been at any stage. What what's what do you think then is fueling that demand? Why is it suddenly all why is it suddenly so high? You understand how hot guys look in bespoke clothes? I People mean, do look good. On, you put a suit on, you walk to the door, every woman's like, Oh my god, I love a man in a suit. I love a man in a suit has 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 been the line, one of the lines for half a century or more. You know what I mean? Madman. Madman gets on TV. Everybody loves Madman. Everybody loves the suits. Suits. Suits comes on TV. I can't watch trash like that. Everybody loves suits. Everybody wants to wear a suit, see a guy in a suit. Barney Stinson. Suit up. This small, this group of a-holes who don't want to wear suits. We can be the suit wearers. You've got 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds dying to wear suit. Oh, my God. You know I mean? They love getting dressed up. And they love me, right? Because I bring so much fun to this. And it's not boring stuff. For... Okay, so I, I kind of get the idea of why a custom-made or a tailored or a bespoke suit or bespoke clothing would look better. But what is it about it kind of specifically? Like, okay, why does it look better on somebody than off-the-rack clothing? What about it? So first of all, it looks better on anybody than off-the-rack clothing because it's cut absolutely perfectly for you. It's your second skin. It's your Spider-Man costume. Nothing is cut homogeneously, Okay. Both shoulders are cut different. Both arm uh, lengths are cut different. Both arm holes are cut different. Both pecs are cut different. Both love handles are cut different. Both quads, both hammies, both buttocks, both calves are cut different. It's cut perfect for you. How hot does Aquaman, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man look in their costume? That's what a bespoke suit is. It's your costume. You know what I mean? You look so good. You look like the gladiator. And I perfected that. I've taken that to another extreme. I started off doing skin fit because I love skin fit, Spider-Man stuff. But not every guy could rock a skin fit, okay? Not every guy was comfortable rocking a skin fit. So I was a short face and everyone wanted the Roshan Nawani skin fit suit. So we then developed the 4D fit where everywhere just followed the contours of your body and nearly stuck to you. So you were just basically gift wrapped in my 4D fit. And, and guys are loving it. But does that work if somebody maybe doesn't have, let's say, the best the best body in the world? This is about everyone's body. This is not about the best body. No chance. Off the rack is potentially about the best body. My suits are about a client's mind, about the client's vision. I am the suit whisperer. I don't talk to the suit. I talk to the client. I get inside the client's head and I bring their vision to life. They may not all want slim fit. They may want a fuller fit, a classic fit, a throwback fit, whatever fit, but they will be gift wrapped. 
and nobody does it like me. And it is just pristine what we create. And you don't have to take my word for it. There's 9,000 videos of guys on my Instagram, all right? Just beaming, girls as well, excuse me, beaming in the suits that I've made it, and it fits them perfectly. They get to pick the fabric, design the suit. We have a buffet of style attributes for them to pick from. They get to pick the interior, the buttons, the works, and the bonuses. It fits them perfectly, better than anything they can buy off the rack and cheaper than anything they can buy off the rack. I mean, I'm in a renaissance right now of my own creation. I love that line, man. That's how I like it. Um, so fun for the process, right? Like, obviously, this is a big process. But mm-hmm. kind of walk me through, okay, I'm going to get a suit made. What happens? Like, what do you do? How does it get made? How does this all kind of come together? It is a big process. It is a big vestment of time and effort and sometimes heartache but we manage that heartache. Now, there's two ways to it. One, you either meet me in Hong Kong, or two, we never meet. And I work with people who either come and meet me in Hong Kong or who I've never met. Let's start with the Hong Kong part. You come into my store, into my atelier. I measure you, all right? We pick the fabrics. We pick the styles, the buttons. We, pick the, we, we, we create the essence of the suit, the foundation of it. What is the suit for? Are you 21 going to interview for KPMG? Or is this for your 25th wedding anniversary and you're having a ball celebration of the Ritz-Carlton? Whatever it may be. It may be graduation. It may be your bar mitzvah. It can be anything. You could need a divorce suit. All right? Whatever you want. We talk about how you want it to make you feel. How you want to feel inside of it. And then you go away. And then if you come in the morning, I could see you as early in the afternoon or I'd probably see you the following afternoon. What I've done in between is I've explain to each and every member of my team what exactly we're going to create. And they go and do their bit. And part of their bit is to draw a paper cutting of the client's body based on the measurements that we've just took. All right? A complete paper cutting. And then put cloth on that cutting and carve out that cloth. So literally cut and carve out the body parts. And then sew together a based fitting where it's the shell of the suit without the inner canvassing, you come in and then you try on that shell. We pin, stitch, chalk around you, talk to you about, you know, the length, the fit, et cetera, et cetera. Make you walk, make you squat, make you sit. You then go away and then we finish the suit with the inner canvassing and lining, then the button holes and the buttons. You come back the next day and try it on, it's perfect. If it's not perfect, give us a few hours, we'll make it perfect. <clears throat> so that's one facet of it. The second facet is I never meet you. You send me your measurements through the measurement chart on my website, and then I make you something amazing. We hop on a video call, and I talk. I, I figure out who you are, what you are. Same thing I would do where you, where, whether you're in the store or not. I either send you links to fabrics for you to peruse, okay, or you choose something off my Insta, or we do a live call, and you go through the fabrics just like you would be in the store. I'll be showing you fabrics, all right? I have tons and tons of fabric books, okay? Tons and tons and tons of fabric books that you can look at of all different shapes and sizes. You can send me a photo of a, of a, of a style that you like, and we can take the best from it. I can sketch something for you. I can do anything you want for you. Very, very, very simple. I could spend hours talking about what I could do for you. I asked you a couple of questions. I say, we'll get off the phone. 
You go and find the best fitting suit in your wardrobe. You tell me the size and the brand of it. Put it on. Get your partner to shoot a video of you. Let me see how you look in a suit and how, what makes you feel good and what you don't like. Okay? And then send me a couple of photos. I don't need your face. I want you standing shirtless. If you're a woman, then with a t-shirt, I mean with a tank top. I want to see your neck down to your hips from the front, both sides and the back. So I can see your shoulder structure. Then I build you the suit. And I wouldn't be in business if it wasn't nearly perfect all the time. It's not an investment because it's cheap. 650 bucks US is nothing. What will you pay in California, in New York, in Florida, in Italy, in London, in Japan, in Paris? Oh my goodness. You pay many times more and you still won't get the attributes that I offer. The vestment is the time. If you're in Hong Kong, I need to see you a few times. The vestment is the time. If you're abroad, you need to do your homework for me. For someone who's doing what you're, what you're doing, your caliber of work, you said, I think, 650 for a suit American. If this was in New York or Paris, what would, what would your kind of services like in New York or Paris cost somebody? Specifically, what I do, 10 times more at least. It's like 6,500. Whoa. 100%. Who? Without a doubt. I'm not, just, I'm not making this stuff up. How long would it take you to... Now, how long does it generally take to make a suit? Would Look, I can make a suit in a day if you're Cristiano Ronaldo, okay? Because you'll pay the OT and I'm going to put you to the front because it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing to work with Cristiano Ronaldo or Tom Brady. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'd yeah. be a fool not to do that, okay? I once made seven suits for Russell Crowe and seven shirts in 25, Okay? But I can't do that for everybody, nor can anyone pay to take my whole team for one day. Okay? I need at least a few days, ideally, but at least a few weeks, which is better. All right? If I'm rushing, you may get the great skill work, but you won't get my creativity. You understand what I'm saying? Because I'm managing so many projects all the time. I'm managing so many individuals, right? Think about the amount of clients that I have. You know, I would say if you're in Hong Kong, we could knock it out in a few days, no problem. I thought it would be longer than that. I really thought you were going to tell me like a month or two. It, it can. It depends on the client, right? It depends on the client's physicality, all right? It depends on the client's, uh, I don't know, fussiness is not a nice word, right? Uh, I know what uh, you mean. Like uh, they're um, uh, right? particular Yeah. So, so it all depends. It all depends on our workload that day, whether it's a holiday weekend uh, you know what I mean? Is it during Chinese New Year? Is it Christmas weekend? Is it Easter weekend? Is it some big Chinese festival? Is it Indian New Year? It's very relative, okay? But it's safe to say that if you're in Hong Kong for a week and you see us on your first day, you'll be leaving with an immaculate suit, the best suit you ever had by the end of the week, okay? <clears throat> and if you have a big event coming up, um, say it's your graduation or your wedding, you want to give, and we're not going to meet, right? Then you need to give me a couple of months because we've got to allow for the time that, you know, it does get to you. And say there are tweaks that you want. I got to pick it up and I got to send it back to you. Now, most of the delay doesn't come from me. Most of the delay comes if you're in Hong Kong. Can you meet me tomorrow at four? No, I have a tour. No, I have a meeting. Okay. Most of the delay doesn't come from me. Can you get me those photos that I need? Yeah, I'll get it for you. Broke. I'm waiting on the photos. I'm waiting on the video. Yeah, I'll get my girlfriend to shoot it this weekend. Do you understand what I'm saying? Most of the delay doesn't come from us. Now, when you make it, like, are people mainly using? Sewing machines, are they doing this by hand? All by hand. The only thing done by machine is the button holes. The only thing done by machine is the button holes. <laughs> we can make them by hand. It takes way too much time. 
Okay, think about how many buttonholes on jacket, how many jackets we make. Okay. Yeah. So anything done by machines, buttonholes, now we can make it by hand if the client requests, but they got to pay the OT for that. Virtually everything comes in one class, the Roshan Malwani Couture class. Okay. I don't even wear handmade buttonholes. But if you really want handmade buttonholes and you're willing to pay a little bit extra and willing to wait a little bit longer, then we'll do it for you. But there's so many attributes that we offer that this a Milanese buttonhole, a handmade buttonhole is for like a boring suit for a guy who has tons of cash and wears the most boring suits. And the only thing he can show off is his handmade buttonhole. I'm not knocking it. I'm putting it into perspective for you. Are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions? Listen, you can take me apart. So best colors of suits. So <laughs> if you don't own a suit, you want to buy a black suit. You can wear it to everything. Then you ne the next one you do is a blue. And the next one you do is a gray, a dark gray. Okay. Then you add a slightly lighter blue. Then you add a slightly lighter gray. Then you add a blue pattern. So a check. Then you add a gray pattern. So a check. Then you add a gray stripe. Then you add a, uh, excuse me, a blue stripe and a gray stripe. Then you do a beige suit. Okay. And then you've got your foundation. So then you add dark green. And then after that, it doesn't matter what you do. What would you, what are the kind of the most popular colors right now? Right now, green, dark green. Dark green is so hot. Every other guy wants a dark green suit. And I predicted this. Troll back in all my live streams. Two years ago, I said, the start of 2022, I said, green is the hottest color. Now everybody's buying green. What do you think is going to be after that then? We're going to go big on beige. What do you think makes, like, what would, how would you define, like, style? Confidence. And that's basically it. Yeah. That's, you only need one word answer right there, don't you? Just confidence. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But for somebody who's maybe not confident, how do they become? Then you come to me, okay? Because I fill you with courage. I teach you how to be brave, or at least pretend to. That is my forte. I teach my clients everything, and bravery is one of them. I tell the women, the very few women that are, that are very close to me in my life, that I can actually open up to. So the one thing I can teach my kids is, is bravery, is courage, is confidence. I can teach that to my clients, and I do every single day. That's why they love working. Hardest piece of clothing of the suit to make? The shoulders, right? Everybody's shoulders are so different. The shoulders are the foundation of the suit. It starts up here and it hangs from it. So it's all about the shoulders, bro. It's all about the shoulders. Everybody's shoulders are messed up. They're not straight. They're bumpy. One hangs lower, one hangs higher, one hangs forward, one hangs back. One is wider, one is narrow. The shoulders. You have to nail the shoulders. You nail the shoulders, everything falls from it. You can nail everything else. If the shoulders are shitty, nothing will fall right. Hardest part of the body to kind of hide. You cannot hide anything. That is, that is nonsense. So every woman that comes in here and that's worried about their weight, okay? They said, I want this a bit fuller. I've said this to every woman in my life and every woman client. I've said, darling, you cannot hide anything, okay? Nothing can be hidden. So the best thing is to show it off. I tell women, you can't hide anything. But if you let me show it off, everyone who's looking at you will think you're sexy. And that's what I do. What did you say would be the best fabric? Like, what's your favorite fabric to work with? Lightweight wool. Is that what, what are most suits made out of? Like, if I was to buy something off most of high end suits, Most high-end suits are made from lightweight wool. Lightweight wool? That's probably the most common thing. Why, why, why that? What's so why? It's so fine. It's woven so well. It doesn't wrinkle. It's like skin. So it's easy to create it into a second skin. Where do people generally get it wrong? Like when they buy a suit, where, is it, where do they, 
Is it the pattern, the color, the fit? Like, and, and if it's the fit, like, where do they mess it up in the fit? It's two things, okay? One is the fit. They don't know how they're supposed to dress. They have all these weird rules, okay, that people follow. Two, it's not paying for high-end attributes, okay? Plastic buttons, unfunctional pockets, shitty padding inside the shoulders. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you've got to understand something. If you're not going to come to me, you don't have to spend big bucks. But then at least go to Hugo Boss. Go to Suit Supply. Go to Ted Baker. Go to Paul Smith. All right? These are major brands, mass production, a lot of thought and design, great quality control, great value in their brand. They hold great value in their own brand. About the same price point as me, a little bit higher, but off the rack. Style that you wish would go away, style that you wish would come back. Slim fit is here to stay. Baggy clothing is just for lazy people. You heard me say it. All right? We as a as humanity in general should vote against baggy clothing. What is there a style though, a current kind of trend with clothing that you're like, oh, I wish that would go away? <clears throat> it's a very narrow question that has no answer whatsoever. The world is so gigantic. You have men, women, elderly people, children. You have continents, countries, culture, religion. There is so much fashion out there. There's no such thing as a trend. Okay? There's so much fashion out there. There's no such thing as a trend. All right? I don't have any pet peeve about anything right now at all. <clears throat> I think the world is so currently educated. It is immense. It is immense how smart people are. And we can thank our phones and we can thank influencers like myself for educating people free of charge. I have no pet peeves about fashion at all. I think everyone's working hard to dress well. What I'm telling you is that if you want others to value you, then you need to value yourself. How can I tell a good tailor from a really good tailor? It's all about trust, okay? Your tailor, no matter what, will make you happy. If he's not making you happy, he's not your tailor. I may be better than your current tailor. So what? If you're not comfortable working with me, then what's the point? Every tailor is at a different point in the curve. Some are much more patient. Some are like dictators and prima donnas. Some, unfortunately, are just yes, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay? It's all about trust. It's all about feeling. If you like the guy the most, then he's your guy. What, what generally kind of separates somebody's work, though? Would you say it's the style that they do it with, or is it the actual kind of technical ability, so to speak? I, I, I would focus less on the technical ability because you've got guys in Italy, New York, Paris, who are just so good, who are so good, and they charge those astronomical prices that I cannot afford and you cannot afford, all right? So we've got to rule them out of the equation. Okay. Because yeah. they're not for the masses. I am. Okay. I am. And, and, you know, my stuff just, it just hugs and fits so perfectly. It, it, it's just a sea, a symphony of, 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 of beauty. And if you, if you, if you see a symphony, if, if you see a suit, you walk into tailor shop. First of all, the guy should have 30 or 40 suits waiting for 30 or 40 clients. If he doesn't, you're in the wrong place. Okay. 
Secondly, grab these suits. If they if they they feel like the ocean, okay, then he's your guy. You know, you know what I'm saying? If they look like they're from JOS Banks or Uniglo or H&M or Zara, then get out of it, right? It's all visual. It's very, it's very easy to tell. If the suit feels like plastic, if it feels like ugh, yucky, right? Get out of it. If it feels like butter that you want to sleep in, it, right? <laughs> He's your guy. You know, you know I mean, it's all human feeling, right? You use your senses, touch and sight, right? And then you'll know the answer will, will, will be there. It's multifold. There's no one thing. Right, I, t- I can tell you some don'ts. A tailor shouldn't advertise. He doesn't need to. Okay, he he doesn't need to put a big billboard up somewhere or something in a magazine. All right, he should be sought after. A tailor shouldn't depend on stock photography. All right, get some marketing company to come in and and do some beautiful photo shoot and stuff. The raw garments should speak to them for themselves. Quick and dirty photos are the best thing. If he doesn't believe in his quick and dirty photos and video, right? And he needs some guy to come in, some team to come in and dress up his place. Then obviously he's not confident in what he has. He shouldn't yeah. have someone. He shouldn't have someone on the street trying to bring you into a store. You know what I mean? He shouldn't have some guy busking or whatever. It's not busking. It's touting, right? There's there's many full parts. There's many full parts. Can we do this real quick, just for kind of example's sake? Yeah. This is off the rack. Sure. Express. Looking yeah. at it, if I'll step back, like where would this not really fit me? Okay, it doesn't fit you, but I'm not being a dick. Now stay there, okay? Just stay there. The shoulders are very decent. Very, 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 very decent, okay? I'm happy with the shoulders. Both the way they fall down to the ends and the way the collar sticks to your neck. Very nice. The breast pocket looks like shit. It looks like it comes from manufactured press. The breast on the other side doesn't even look like it's real. Is it? No. See, I no, can tell that no, straight. Stand back real. up, Stand back up. Don't go. Stand back up, right? So straight away, that's it. If I can see it off a screen from 8,000 miles away, right? You're like, ugh, already, right? And then yeah. from, the, from below, it starts to hang like shit. Look at the waist. It just crinkles like, like, like a piece of shit, right? So he's got the top right, okay? Which is the hardest part. Okay, so they they understand the challenge, and they've 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 met the challenge, and then this is how they cut corners, and this is the problem with off the rack, because it's so much cutting corners. Because as you come down, it just doesn't fit you. Now look at me. Oh, yours fits way better. Mine yeah. is just immaculate. Okay. Yeah. Everything about it is a skin. You can see the four D fit. It just stuck to me. It is stuck to me everywhere. You can see the high armhole. You can see the roping on the shoulders, right? It's just clean, clean, clean. It flows. It's skin, mine, right? You can see the bucket of breast pocket and stuff, right? Like it is very 4D. It moves with my body, okay? So I'll tell you the truth all the time. It's a great starter suit what you're wearing. If you're 21 years old, okay? And you're going to go interview for Deloitte. Yeah, that's what I... That's a no-no. That's what I noticed like between your suit and kind of this is that as you move... The suit seems to move with you as opposed My to what I was. My suit moves with me. Yours yeah, stays like a rock. Right. It doesn't, it's because it doesn't go in those certain areas, right? Exactly. It's not cut for you. It's cut for a homogenous size. Mine is yeah. cut for me. So have you been surprised? Like what, I guess the social media success that you have, 
has that was that surprising to you that so many people were interested in this or did you kind of like think that no if i could if i could just expose this business so to speak that people would be interested in it so i've always been successful and i've inherited success okay but what i've been quick to do is connect with different genres of people different cultures and different generations social media is just an evolution of humanity okay all right it is not the key to my success in any ways it is just a free window to the world um social media has just it's just evolution right and 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 it's scary for people because they're not honest okay they need photographers and media teams to paint a picture of them and i don't i don't believe in that to me that's dishonest so so i've had success long before social media all right i've worked with every type of a list celebrity there is i've worked with three american presidents personally you know how huge it is for me to have done that i worked with president clinton half a dozen times president bush senior twice president bush once okay i worked with sir desmond tutu <laughs> i worked with ridiculous people bro i worked with russell crowe I worked with Terry Bradshaw. He was Brady before there was Tom Brady. Do you understand? He's a four-time Super Bowl winning. Yeah, I was like him. Four-time Super Bowl MVP before there was Brady. There was Terry Bradshaw, and I've worked with him. Okay, so I've had I I inherited success and I built on that. And I having you social media hasn't given me more success. No, social media has given me the free tools, which which serve as a window for the rest of the world to see what I do day in day out. It's my own free reality TV. I want to thank Roshan so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, we have linked to him on our social media sites. We're profoundly pointless on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And we have also included his information in the episode description. If you want to learn more about how custom clothing is created, our YouTube interview with Roshan will be live on April 6th. And he is incredibly open and honest and active on his social media platforms. So if you want to learn more about this, his accounts are a great resource. Okay, now let's bring in John Schull and get to the pointless part of the show. Have you ever felt like a stylish person? No, not ever. Easy. Easiest question you've ever asked me on this podcast. Have you ever tried to be stylish, though? Like, do you feel like you could improve your style? I could definitely improve my style. And yes, I, I try to be stylish multiple times throughout my life so far. What's like, how long, if you're picking out clothes, how long is it going to take you before you make a decision? You going to shop around or are you just like, I need a shirt. There's a shirt. <laughs> Got it. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, what are the, there's a name for the shopper like me. Um, I can't think of it now, but basically, I'm the kind of shopper that I only go with what I what I have already. Like, I don't really go outside of the boundaries very often. So you basically have like 30 blue shirts. Yeah, I I, I will say I tried to be stylish in two different points of my life. One when I was a teenager, and back in the late 90s, mid 90s, there was a, a brand of jeans called Jinko jeans. Maybe they're still around to this day. I don't really know. I think they actually made a comeback, but go on. Uh, but anyways, I was I was already a big kid, and then I wore these jeans that made me look even bigger. So that wasn't very smart. I don't know who approved that. 
Would you be stylish though? Do you envy people who are stylish? Do you look at that and like, oh, I wish I was stylish? No, I, I don't. I have no desire to be stylish. Um, for one, I don't even know where to start. You could literally stick I, I, somebody that's stylish in front of me, and I'm probably not going to have any idea why they're stylish or why they're considered to be wearing something of style. I would like to be stylish. I look at people who are stylish and I'd be like, oh, I would like to be like that. But I don't have a desire to put in any effort. <laughs> like most things in your life. Yeah, that's the difficulty. Like I've always envied people who were stylish. and like, oh, I'd like to be stylish. But then it looks like a lot of work. And putting on gym shorts is not a lot of work. <laughs> Hair is probably the only thing where I'm like, hmm, if I could be like have, have something of fashion. It would be to have like good hair. I've never, I can't think of a single thing that I've ever had that I was like in style though. Oh, no, no, ne never. Uh, except the l l early 2010s, I did go through a skinny jeans phase. Let's forget about that actually. <laughs> let's just move, let's just move right past that because. Let's just be honest. You're not the kind of man who should be wearing skinny jeans. Oh, God, no. I mean, no. Though, this does bring me up to another another point or another question that I've always wondered uh, people's opinions on. And that is, do sizes really even matter in terms of, you know, for instance, I'm a, I'm an extra large shirt some, some places. Other places, I'm a double XL. I can fit into a large in some brands. Like, I feel like it's all garbage advertising what do you mean the size thing i think it's just like handy to kind of give you a basic reference for what kind of size shirt you should be buying let's try i i think you've had this then since maybe you don't under you know you don't get it with clothes but shoes right like some shoes have more support for arches than other shoes like nikes i have wide feet so like sometimes it's hard for me to fit comfortably into a regular pair of nikes I think the problem here, honestly, quite frankly, is you. I think that you expect for the world to be designed around you and for everything to fit you conveniently. But that's not how it works. Like different manufacturers make shoes differently and some that's are going to not fit you and some will fit you. Everybody can't cater to John Shaw. See, 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 you always turn it out around. See, that's <laughs> it's not even the thing. What I think there's people out there listening to this that are like, oh, I get where John's coming from. Maybe they're in the same boat. Maybe they felt the same way. I mean, I've just never really put that much thought into it, right? Like, okay, I'm in this size in a Nike. Oh, but I'm not that size in an Adidas. Well, I just change the size and move on with my day, right? Like if I put on the large and it doesn't fit, well, I go to the medium. It's, I'm not writing letters to the CEO about it. I think I think a lot of it is, is, is you know, maybe how you grew up always being kind of a skinny person. I think it affects, you know. Well, no, no, I, I, I don't want to say that because obviously skinny people have body issues too, body image issues too. But I think it affects, you know, people my size more or less more often than other other people. Oh, like you would be more self-conscious, right? Like, wait a minute. I thought I was a large. Now you're telling me I'm an extra large. Yeah. I mean, like say I, say I went on a diet, which will never happen, and I lose 10 pounds and I, I go to the store. I'm like, man, I'm going to fit back into larges. And not one large fits, so I have to get extra large. And I feel like I've done nothing for the last three weeks. 
Well, I mean, look, it's only three weeks, right? You got to be in it for the long haul. I think you just got to, man, you can't take life's ebbs and flows so hard, right? You just got to stay the course. It's a marathon, man, not a sprint. Don't worry about it if you fall down. You can just get back back up. You must have watched Rocky again in the past five days. That's my general life philosophy. doesn't matter if you fall, John. It matters if you get back up. Well, I'm getting back up, all right? That's all that matters, man. That's what I tell my kids every time they fall. It doesn't matter if you fall. Just get back up. That's all that matters. <laughs> okay. All right. You ready for some? You ready to move on now? Yeah, just to give some uh, some shout outs. Outs, outs, outs. All right. Let's see here. We'll start off with uh, Luis Mendez, uh, Cam McLeod, Simon Will, Ken McMahon, which also makes me a uh, uh, shout out to my boy Shane McMahon. Came back at WrestleMania after like five years out of the ring and literally was in the ring for six seconds and tore his quadriceps. So sucks to be him. Uh, Didn't his dad do that? Didn't he tear both of his quadriceps getting into the ring? Yeah, like January of 06 or 07. Yeah. And then his dad (laughs) sat there and still directed everybody. That's man. I bet that hurt. Yeah. That's one of those injuries, like tearing a muscle off the bone. Like, that's like, wow, I bet that's pretty bad. Can we revisit Simon Will for a second? I feel like, well, who will do it? Simon Will. I feel like (laughs) that joke gets made with the name Simon more than any other name that they could have, right? If it was like Max Will. Well, Max Will, but Simon. Simon sets up that joke more than any other name, I feel like. I mean, Simon says. (laughs) Right, it's the Simon Says part of it. It was Peter, nobody would be bothering him. Peter Will? Who's going to do it? Simon Will, how many times do you think he heard that? Whenever I think of Peter, I keep thinking like, hey, go tell Big Peter to come here. What's that? D- have you have you talked to Little Peter lately? No. Oh, well, I think you have more than what you realize. Anyways, uh, Sanjay Cigar. I don't know, what, what, what is this? Well, I don't get it. What are you talking about? Is this a movie quote? Is this a reference to no, genitalia? I'm you were just, just talking. Understand what you're doing. You were just talking about names, you know. And uh, I just said Peter's one of those names that can can easily get tossed around a lot. Then I said, "Have you ever heard a little Peter?" And you said, "No." And I said, "But well, you probably know him a lot more than you think you do." Okay. All right. <laughs> Nick's so confused. You're gonna listen to this back and realize what I what I said. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sanjay Cigar. Uh, Will Fornuff. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jane Lawrence, Andrea Clintworth, Juan Camilio. And I'm going to end here on or with Drippy Donnie. I like the word drip when it's re- like as a compliment. Like, ooh, look at the drip. But drippy is one of the like, ooh, I don't like that word. Drippy. 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 So, oh. Yeah. I am terrified of sinks dripping because it's like a problem you can't fix or do anything about like that thought like oh no there is nothing i think in life for a homeowner that worries you more than plumbing problems like oh fuck plumbing (laughs) um yeah i i would i would actually agree with you on that really i mean have you ever had like a, a pipe burst in your house or a flooded basement no yeah well well, my parents' house when I was younger, but like that doesn't really like you know like it's your that's your parents' problem, not really your problem. <laughs> yeah, well, I've gone through that as an adult at least a half dozen times with different things, and it is 
it's terrifying. I actually completely understand what you're saying. Even if there's a drip, like, you know, or, or the ice machine in my refrigerator going, I, I just, I kind of look like, is that really the ice machine or is like my fucking refrigerator leaking out onto the floor? Oh man, I've got two young boys. And whenever I hear like toilets, not flushing, like, Oh <laughs> God, how much is this going to cost me? What am I? Cause you know that you're going to be dirty. It's going to be a mess. And it's going to cost you a bunch of money. So plumbing was, yeah. If you like somebody's like, there's a hole in your roof. Like, I'll fix it tomorrow. Put a tarp up there. (laughs) Plumbing, like get on it right now. Okay. Now that we've alienated anyone who's not (laughs) over the age of 35 about talking about our plumbing. See, God dang it. We talk about the weather in your stupid basement all the time. We didn't even talk about my basement this time. Well, we just did. I mean, we can if you want. I've spent last. I don't two... want to talk about your basement. I don't want to talk about your basement. All right, it's, don't. It's a fantastic basement. Um, Doesn't look like it. Yeah. Well, neither does your face. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Anyways, um, if you had to do one of these activities, which one are you picking first? Video games, board games, or card games? Video games. Why would I want to do the other two? I do enjoy a good board game and a good card game, but definitely video games first. I would go video games. I enjoy. I would go video games, card games, board games. A lot of times, board games there's just too much. You got to set it up. You got to learn the rules. You got to put it away. It's like, oh my gosh, I got to do all this stuff. It's too much work. Board games are too much work, and they generally take too long. Isn't that the fun though of a of a good board game? It's going to be hours. It's going to be hours. That to me is one of the worst things that I hear in the English language. How long is this going to take? Well, it's going to be hours. Well, listen. Ooh. Shout out to Major League Baseball, huh? Then you must be a fan now. I don't think anybody is. I, I I'm going to go out right now and, and go on a limb and say that in ten years, no. Five years, baseball will be back in the top three of American sports and popularity. No. All I know is that Randy Johnson once hit a bird with a baseball, and that was probably the greatest sporting achievement of all time. If you haven't seen that, if you haven't seen Randy Johnson hit a bird with a baseball, it's incredible. I mean, it's one of those one in a, I mean, one in a, a billion. No. It could never happen again. I mean, and that might actually be like one, near one in a billion odds. I mean, he hit a flying bird while he was pitching uh, as the bird was just flying through. I'm going to look this up. What are the, go on to your next one. I'm going to look it up. All right. Well, it's a, it's a pretty simple question. One in 13 million. Well, I mean, how do they break down the odds for that is what I want to know. But I won't ask any more questions, I guess. I don't know, dude. That's way too much math. Yeah, like, I mean, and who spends the time on that question to try to find a realistic probability? You know what a lot of it is, actually, for some reason. I don't know why I know this, but I do know this, is a lot of times it's like um, college students' PhD dissertations or a project. They figure stuff like out that out. Like I think it was like a construction engineer figured out how much steel it would take to build the Death Star. Like they do it for projects and things like that. It's not like some scientist is actually getting paid to do this. It's usually like a school project or something like that. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Say you uh, are, are are going over a cliff in your car, and you could only could only save one of these 
things, what would you do with, what, what would you save? Your animal, your best friend, or your parents? <laughs> well, how old are my parents? It kind of depends how old my parents are. I mean, I mean, if my parents are like 80, I'm not. Because then you have to choose one of your parents. Like, which one are you going to get? You get mom. Yeah, you got to get mom. Dad's on his own. He should be able to be on his own. Dad's Dad's got to fight for himself. Yeah, sorry. You got to get mom. Not the animal. I mean, I do love my dog, but it is. Wait. It's an animal. At the are end you going to pick your best friend? Yeah. Hmm. Especially if you have kids. Oh, that's very nice. Well, thank you. I'm touched by that. Thank you. No problem. I'll grab you. <laughs> had to start. I'd have to start. I'd have to start working out a little more, but more. But. Oh yeah, you and you better have superhero powers. You ain't gonna be able to grab me. God. See, yeah, dude. That's for anything else. You got to get healthier just in case somebody needs to save your life. See, but see, you just went personal there. See, that was personal. It was personal because you need to do something about this. Because what if you're ever in a situation in which you need to be carried out of a burning building and they're not going to be able to get you out? They better. They better bring the forklift. <laughs> is, but yeah, I would save I would save the best friend. I would save your I would save your life, John. Oh, that's I'd I'd save my dogs over you. Um I'm just kidding. You have two dogs now? Do you have two dogs? I do not. Not yet anyways. I think the wife is trying, but I'm holding I'm holding fat so far. You got to hold fast on that one, man. You can't you can't let that slide. Cuz once you go two, it's going to not you're going to go three eventually. You got to you got to put a stop to that. All right, let's see here. Uh, let's see what people chose. It was overwhelmingly, actually, this uh, this week. So the options on our uh, social media uh, poll, which is up on Twitter every Monday noonish, afternoonish. Uh, let's see, Eastern or Pacific? Eastern or Pacific time? Uh, Eastern. Well, it would be afternoon Eastern, slightly before noon Pacific. Uh, let's see the deepest fish ever caught. No, you know that's that's been on record. Uh, but that didn't get any votes. Uh, uh, How deep was it? How deep was it? Uh, it was. Uh, you know, let me bring it up real fast because I don't want to. I don't want to go off my memory. Okay, well, you just go on. And I'll, I'll look it. I'll look it. Uh, let's see. I'll look it up. The other option uh, was just get to candle the month, but obviously mm-hmm. uh, that didn't that didn't win either this time. Uh, what did that didn't win? No, actually, with eighty six percent of the vote, it's uh, people want to hear uh, your opinion. In my opinion, on the new Super Mario Brothers movie that's coming out this week. Well, I haven't seen it. Yeah, but I mean, we, you can talk like what uh, Chris Pratt is Mario. Um, I don't have no idea who the guys that plays Luigi. Jack Black's in it. Seth Rogen, Keegan Michael Key, all star cast. That's one of those movies that, unless they really find a very creative way to somehow do that. That's one of those movies that I feel like I wish they would have just left alone. Like, I didn't, no one was like, man, I, let's make a movie with Super Mario. Nobody really wanted to see that movie. Uh, I mean, listen, it, it's going to do well, right? Because of, of, uh, of the characters and the name. Is it going to be a good movie? Probably not. Um, I think that's one of those movies that bombs, honestly. I think that's a movie that, like, people are like, oh, I'm not actually going to go see that, though. Right? Like, that's one of those movies that you see the trailer, and that's enough for you. (laughs) All right. That's enough. Well, according to – I was reading an article actually doing some research before the episode. uh, 
so the 1993 Super Mario, Mario movie was a, a a complete failure, a complete flop. And I guess Nintendo, real, you know, I I, I don't want to say reluctantly, did not want to do another movie, but they're doing it anyway. So if you have to, if this if it flops again, which I don't think it will, because it's different, you know, you don't uh, got. I don't even remember who was in the in, in the first one anymore i'd have to john leguizamo i know that john leguizamo yeah. was in there. dennis hopper was in there uh bob hoskins so anyways if this doesn't yeah, i don't have much of a desire to see that if really. this doesn't do well with all the characters that are in it and i believe this one is more like uh you know uh um what am i looking for it's more of like a um animation than a than a, a live movie um then you're never going to make a successful mario's mario movie yeah, but do you care about Mario as a character? Like, I care about what's Mario's story? What's Mario's motivation? <laughs> like, do you care about Mario or you just enjoy playing Mario? Like, Mario's never had a story or a background or anything like that. It's not even any, like, other video games. Like, you could say, like, God of War with Kratos or The Last of Us, which is probably the most successful video game adaption ever. But Mar it's like, what's Mario's story? Well, he's a... Do we, like, who cares? Like, I don't think anybody's interested in Mario's story as a character. I, th I think you're, that's a good we, Now, Luigi. Well, I, I was reading also, if this does well enough, the, uh, the, the oh, Nintendo was thinking about possibly doing a Luigi's Mansion movie, so. I'd be more interested in that, right? Like, there just doesn't seem to be much of a setup. Like, okay, <laughs> want to know what Mario's motivation is. And, and also, I get the coins. I, I do have to call you out for one. You know, you said that Last of Us is probably the most successful video game franchise to go into TV or movies. I, I, I don't think that's right at all, by the way. Thank you. Okay. Okay. What are you going to say? Mortal Kombat? No, I mean, just off the, just thinking out the top. I mean, Tomb Raider, I think, has been more successful. Uh, Pokemon has been more successful. Um, I'll give you Pokemon from a money standpoint, but I think from like a critically acclaimed and like a show that people wanted to see, I think The Last of Us is it. 27,000 feet, that's how deep the fish was. Think about that, man. Think about that. Like, I don't think that people really, at least I didn't, like, only this rant because I started reading a book about the deep ocean, which is fucking crazy. You're reading a book. Like, there's. Congratulations. I read two, I read two books this year. Two of them. Already? Wow. It's the first two. That's the first two books I've read in like 10 years. But there's like, it's 27,000 feet below us. Like 27,000 feet down there. And we got no idea what's down there besides Aquaman. Yes, I'm ready. All right, it's time. The outlaw candle connoisseur rides again. Candle of the month. Whoosh. <laughs> I, always... I don't know why the whip, I don't know why the whip is in there. But for some reason it seems like. Whoosh. Whoosh. All right, let's see. So we're gonna we're gonna go to a classic company here because I I found an April candle that uh, kind of took me off by surprise. I wasn't expecting it to be this good. You ever have anything like that in your life where you're you're like, all right, I'm gonna try it. It's probably not gonna be that good. Then you have it, and it's like, whoa, this is fantastic. This is worth it. Like this is this is something that I'm gonna be talking about. And here I am. Sushi, sushi is fantastic. Love. Love me some fushi, sushi, fushi. Oh boy. Uh, anyway, so this is by Yankee Candle. Uh, I don't know if it'll be on sale 
if people go check it out. But uh, obviously, this being in April uh, and where I live specifically in the Midwest, it's raining a lot. It's very wet. It's very muddy. Don't let your dogs outside because you're going to be pissed off when you let them in. Uh, all in all, candle of the month for April is April Showers by Yankee Candle. Hmm. Can you describe it for us, please? Not the description on the candle. I want to hear what you, how do you describe it? Sell me on it. Because right now, April Showers, sure. I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like that's a weak pick. Sure. I got I got like, So oh, Okay. I, Have you tried bread? <laughs> yeah, I've heard of it. Like, so wow me, wow me. So I actually last week when I when I, I had a different candle, and my Yankee candle shipment came in at the end of the month, at the end of March, and you know I was like, all right, let let me just try this. So I pull it out, uh, and I I lit it, and at first I'm like, okay, the smell it smells like April flowers, but then it finishes with a crisp vanilla, like a like a almost like a cupcakey kind of smell and it it just and it just keeps going around and around and it's very refreshing like uh, lemon lime it's just it's 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 just good it's it's like when you're stuck inside on a rainy day and you're doing laundry and the detergent has that really good smell and you just keep smelling it. you're like i don't ever want to go outside well picture it like this but like you're watching the rainfall and you're like outside in it but you're not in it so that's mm. it's, it's awesome, and it, right now, as far as I uh, as far as I know, and listen, we don't make any money off this, but I think it's half off right now at Yankee Candle. How many wicks? How many wicks? Uh, I mean, I, well, so for this one, I got the it came as a two wick. I don't know if it is indeed a three wick because it's only comes in a jar. It's not like a, a round canister. Um, mm. Very common for if, if you know candles, as I know you do. So you know, very common uh, Yankee Candle. Uh, presentation for the two wick now do you have automated shipments like are you subscribed to any candle things where they're automatically sending you something or do you have to go in and make purchases like yeah so i and listen p i i if people know of services that you know um like, like what are some of the the random services uh like uh, uh like mystery box or something if they have like a mystery box for candles let me know i would love that but no, I, mm. I I like I like it because auto if you know if it was if it's automated I feel like I wouldn't go browse the websites right I wouldn't spend the time looking. How many hours a week or month would you say you spend shopping for candles? I mean I don't know probably eight to sixteen you know a day day and a half two days looking at candles. So if you did that with fashion, you would probably be a really stylish person. Oh, I mean, absolutely. It wouldn't even be a question. You know, no, maybe eight to 16 is too much. I'll, 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 I will for sure say eight, like for sure say eight hours a week, just because, you know, I enjoy it. I have a, a few things I enjoy. That's one of them. And, you know, there's so many candle companies out there. Okay. Okay. So if you're bored on the internet, <laughs> The first website, you always go to one, right? You've always got the go-to website. That's probably the first place you're going to go. How many websites in before you get to a candle website? It's, I mean, it's probably in my top 10. Makes sense. Um, are you ready for our top five? Like Bruce Springsteen said, it's born ready. Did he say that? I'm not. I thought he was born to run. I thought he was born in the USA. 
he can only be born in so many places, right? Like, he can't be born to run, born ready, and born in the USA. He can only have one of those. Somebody else has to pick up one of those. Um, okay, so our top five is top five clothing items. So, like, shorts, T-shirt, sweatshirt, gloves, hats, that kind of stuff. What's your number five? Uh, so my number five, it's, in, in, uh, it's, it's all encompassing, but it's hats. Just hats in general. Okay. I feel like that's a pretty good space. That's a pretty good place to put hats. I don't think that they should be up really any higher. They don't serve enough of a purpose, but I think that I've never been a hat person. So obviously a ball caps, right? And you have fedoras and things there. The, the, the winter hat obviously is, is worth it. It is. I mean, it's a piece of clothing that you need. All the other hats, like you said, are kind of worthless, um, but are awesome and, and are fashionable. My number five is gloves. I love a good pair of gloves. <laughs> I think it's important to have a good pair of gloves because they keep you warm. You don't have to really like touch stuff. Okay. Gloves are fantastic. I, I love gloves. Okay. Uh, my number four, I'm going to go with just the simple t-shirt. You have t-shirt at four? I do. I think that should be a lot higher. I, I assume that we would be discussing that around number one range. So, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. My number four is no-show socks. No-show socks revolutionized the sock game. Okay, so my... They should have started, they should have started with no-show socks and then gone up. My number three is socks, once again, all-encompassing. But if I had to choose any, yes, they would be... I, I know them as ankle socks, but you call them no-show socks, so... I believe there's actually a difference. Ankle socks are not the same thing as no-show socks. Ankle socks go to your ankles. So you can see them a little bit, whereas no-show, well, it's no-show. You can't see them. They're like foot condoms. Foot condoms. My number three is a hoodie. Okay. I love a good hoodie. Oh, hoodies are fantastic, man. So it's basically like a souped-up sweatshirt. Why would you ever get a sweatshirt when you can have a hoodie? Yeah, I, I mean hoodies are definitely sweatshirts are turtlenecks. They're all they're all far second and thirds to uh, to a good hoodie. If you put turtleneck on your list, I'm going to cancel this show. <laughs> okay, my number two is turtleneck. You have turtleneck. <laughs> no one should have turtleneck. Turtleneck would be one of the worst things ever. No one looks good in turtlenecks. <laughs> At least not men. No men look good in turtlenecks. Women, they can look fantastic in a turtleneck. Men, never have I been like, you know what? I would never buy a turtleneck. But then I saw Steve over there, and I <laughs> thought to myself, maybe I would look good in a turtleneck. Yeah, you're right. You're right. What's your number two? Are we on my, what's your, yeah, are you on your number two? Uh, yes. So my number two, I have gloves as my number two because, no, maybe if I lived in a warmer area. They wouldn't even be on the list, but because I live obviously in Michigan, where it's only warm maybe four months out of the year, gloves are so important. And if you have a good pair of gloves, it can make all the difference. I I, I don't think I've ever agreed with you more about something about the importance of gloves in life. Yeah, I don't think that you can put them ahead of T-shirt, but I, I completely agree about our, our love of gloves. I tell you what, stick me outside when it's zero degrees, and I know I'm going to be regretting saying this because it's going to sound stupid, 
but I would almost rather have like if I could guarantee my hands being warm uh, and a great pair of gloves more than wearing a, a shirt, I would pick the gloves over a shirt. I would pick gloves over a shirt as well. I think. I mean, obviously, I've gone run. You're gonna have a jacket. I've gone. But... Yeah, but I mean, I've gone running in maybe let's call it 20 degree weather and just gloves and a t-shirt. Gloves set the tone for warmth. They do. That's what they do. They set the tone for comfort. They do. I feel comfortable in gloves. Maybe we should make gloves up to number one. <laughs> Hand condoms. Hand condoms. My number two is t-shirt. Okay, we may have the same number one. What is it going to be? Is it going to be? What did you say yours? I have shorts as my number one. <laughs> what kind of shorts specifically? As I have a specific kind of shorts. Oh, I mean, I, I just have, I, I don't know. I didn't really put ex- specific. I mean, like lounging shorts, basketball shorts. Gym shorts. Yeah, gym shorts. <laughs> yeah. Gym shorts are the greatest thing, I think, clothing. I think glim- gym shorts are the gl- greatest clothing apparel we've ever invented. All purpose. All purpose. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I you, you made me question myself for a hot second there on T-shirt, but... Now looking back and unthinking on it, shorts are—they're just fantastic, and you can wear them any season. They're one hundred percent unisex; like you don't need to buy a women's a women's cut or a man mm-hmm. like, and they're just—they're just great. Like I'm—I'm I'm wearing shorts they're, right now. And for men, like you don't really have to necessarily wear a t-shirt, which is why I put gym shorts ahead of a t-shirt. Like you don't have to have the t-shirt, but you do have to have the gym shorts. Most definitely. Right. I like how we didn't put underwear on the list. That's left off. No. We don't need to worry about that. I actually... Uh, what? I When thinking of this list, underwear, I, I, I if I never wore underwear again, I'm not sure that it would bother me. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that really anybody wants to be wearing underwear. It's just that you have to based on society, right? That's why they call it like going commando. Because you're rebelling against what society tells you to do, which is wear underwear. You're free. <laughs> What's in your honorable mention? By the way, our top fives could not have explained our fashion anymore. We didn't have one like fashionable item on that list. Not one, right? No. Like suit. Not even clothes. Suit. Right. Like we didn't have that on there. Nothing fashionable. Dress shirt. Yeah. Jeans. Ties. Basically just – we do have gloves though, which I think that brings up – our rep a little bit and uh i i don't know um i had a few things dress on my honorable mention i had jeans a good pair of jeans always feel good blue jeans uh i do have a, a polo dress shirts uh sweat um uh, hoodies not sweat jacket hoodies and then um yeah that's it that's all i have i have some different ones i have a rain jacket Rain jacket's fantastic. I live in Seattle. You get a good rain jacket, you can go out there like you've got, like you're indestructible. Like the weather can't do anything to you. Like, ha, rain. What am I worried about this for? <laughs> uh, swimsuit. The only thing is, is that like a swimsuit gets can't be on the list because I could just wear my gym shorts. Yeah, and there's not once again like where I live. It's just it's just not you know it can't be on the on the top five. Can't be in the top five. Have you ever gone swimming in pants? uh not on purpose i've never tried it yeah i like just wearing pants into the pool yeah not on purpose i I, i've gone in the water in pants 
I couldn't imagine swimming in sweatpants. Oh, I know. My, probably just drown. My, <laughs> mine were jeans, so. Oh, yeah. But even like athletic pants, like Adidas pants, like, oh, I'm going swimming in pants? <laughs> like, yeah, I like to swim in pants. <laughs> okay, all right. That's, that's what you like to do. Um, Puffy jacket. I'm a fan of the puffy jacket. Okay. I Once again, that's, I mean, I, I, I don't mind a good puffy jacket, but not anywhere near top five list. Okay. I could agree with that. The other thing that I really thought, I really thought about putting this as number four mm -hmm. is a beanie, but it has to be cold. I don't appreciate people who wear a beanie with t-shirts on. Uh, I mean, once, I mean, once again, it's kind of a wine number five with hats, you, you know, you can put a beanie in there. Beanies are good. Okay. I'm okay though with beanie t-shirt and gloves. You just can't be wearing a beanie when it's like 70 degrees outside. Like that's not appropriate to me. Oh, okay. That's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, leave us a rating or a review we really appreciate it. Really does help out the show. Doesn't have to be some big thing. Just a couple of quick words really helps us out. And let us know what you think are some of the best clothing choices. John and I, like we talked about, don't have a lot of style. But if you've got style, I could definitely see a completely different top five. And episodes come out every Wednesday, and then now we're putting up full episodes on YouTube on the Thursday after it. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.